loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. So welcome everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We are a correspondent lender that specializes in non-QM loans. And what we do every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern is go through a different loan training for loan officers. Today's topic is going to be commercial property loan basics. Now, I did a training on this earlier today as far as prospecting for commercial loan borrowers. And Jose is going to a deep, do a deep dive here into the actual commercial loans. So it'll kind of all fit together for you there. If you were on my training this morning, if not, you can go ahead and pull it up on our YouTube channel, the prospecting for commercial loans training. So with that being said, Jose Gonzalez, our sales manager, 28 years of experience as a loan officer and a realtor and has done uh, commercial transactions on both sides. Uh, I will let him take over here and talk about uh, commercial loans. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us for tonight's great topic, commercial property loan basics. Now, this is one of the amazing benefits of being affiliated with the mortgage calculator as an MLO is that you have a really broad spectrum of products to offer, not just for residential one to four unit properties, but for five plus unit residential properties and other commercial properties, all of which I'm going to touch base on in this presentation. For many of us, that is a group, you know, a whole additional, should I say, untapped resource that's out there for us to generate new business from. You know, many of us have heard of commercial deals. We may have tried to have dabbled in it here and there, but not really knowing any of the fundamentals regarding you know, what actually is commercial properties. And then obviously the guidelines for all the multitude of different programs that are out there. So you can definitely add a great mix of business once you do embrace commercial into your book of business. So once you get into it, uh, you're going to see it flows great with the DSCR and all of the other stuff that we do because they, they're either in that realm or in the actual commercial property realm. They're usually jumping between one and the other. So if you're not trying to get more adept at commercial property loans, you're probably leaving money on the table with the same investors that you're doing business with now. So let's get into it. So, so key there is defining what a commercial property is, correct? Now there I have some instant storage. That's a really popular concept now. We do have financing for that type of instant storage. But uh, commercial properties are defined as properties with the potential to generate profit through capital gain or rental income, right? You could have true commercial properties like Class A, Class B, or Class C professional offices. There I have... I break it down there into what exactly you meant by A, B, or C. You could have retail, industrial, 
multifamily, that's the, you know, the still semi-residential component there because multifamily is a five units plus. So, you know, you know, we do have our five to eight unit hybrid type program and two to eight unit mixed use hybrid type DSER program for small multifamilies. It could be a hotel and, you know, we have options for hotel financing, motels as well, bed and breakfasts. Could be a special purpose type property, right? That's where you really got to, you know, get your creative consultant hat on and start looking at for all the different options that may be out there for those special purpose type properties. So many different property types that fall under the commercial property umbrella. So what are some of the differences between commercial and residential real estate? With the exception of the multifamily properties that have a residential component to them, commercial properties are basically a works are serve as a workspace that allows the business to operate, generate income for owners and investors, be it manufacturing in the industrials type or whether it be you know professional office space or any of the other commercial property types that I we just covered they're generally are going to have a higher cost per square foot than residential properties because of the commercial nature the business nature money making nature uh, usually the real estate that the buildings the structure sit on is a higher has a higher cost as well all of that contributes to the higher cost per square foot of commercial properties over residential properties. And then, as mentioned, then due to the commercial nature, usually occupied by businesses, leases tend to be multi-year. And the, uh, due to the financing and inventory, possibly, and equipment, usually is going to require higher upfront investment. And due to it being occupied by businesses, has a higher risk of non-payment by your tenant, right? I mean, the business is more likely to go out of business and need and vacate the premises than somebody in their place is going to stop paying rent. They're going to look at the maximum before they stop paying rent and possibly get evicted and then have no roof over their heads as an occupant. So that's why businesses have a tend, could have a higher risk of not payment. So you've seen some of the differences between commercial and residential property, and it's all going to be risks, risk-based differences, right? And those risk-based differences is what's going to result in different structures as far as the loan-to-values, the interest rates, reserves, and the different other parameters of the loan. So some of the main differences for you to note, especially when you're out there getting some quotes on like these true commercial properties where you're going to be getting a quote for like a 100, 100 unit multifamily, one of the high LTV options where they're going to give you a five or a 10 year term. It may have a 15, 20, or 25-year amortization on that product, but it's probably going to be a five-year term after which the loan is due, 
or it's going to be a 10-year term after which the loan is due. So they have, they get very good rates, mind you, but there's higher risk there. That's why it's like an inverted risk. You you have a higher risk because in five years, you have to refinance or pay the property off or sell it and or 10 years. So, you know, as opposed to having a 30-year, which some of our commercial options do offer, full 30-year term on a fully amortizing loan, but then you'll note the rates are going to be substantially higher. As we covered, the higher risk of non-payment and higher risk inherent to the commercial loans themselves are going to result in higher interest rates than you're going to get in the residential market, lower LTVs. One other thing to be very aware of, and this is a main difference between, for example, our two to eight unit mixed-use DSER and our five to eight-unit small residential multifamily DSER hybrid options, right? The zip code is a big factor in regular commercial loans. They're going to look at the zip code and they're going to study population densities and the other key factors associated with that zip code. And if they don't like it, they're not going to lend Simply as that, there's no requirement of federal requirements uh, like there is for residential properties. If they just don't like whatever fields they say it's on their checklist that they don't like, you know, they're not going to lend. And some of the things tend to be, for example, low population densities, right? Uh, the five to eight unit and two to eight unit options do not take population densities into consideration. Only if the property is rural or not. If it's rural, then that's not going to be possible in that for those hybrid options. But keep in mind how, how commercial loans can look at a zip code and decide if they don't want to do the loan as opposed to residential, which when you're looking at a zip code, it's usually to try to get a discount like for a first-time home buyer and you're looking at the median income for an area, the average median income for an area, not like the commercial lenders that are looking to filter out properties. So talk a little bit about loan documentation, even though letting you know this is so specific to the loan and to the conduit that has been chosen for that loan. You know, there is no general guidelines, usually in non-QM and much less in commercial loans, right? But touching base on some of the pointers that you need to know. Now, we already had an appraisal training very recently, so you can look at the appraisal training that we did, and you you can look at all of the different types of forms that there were for commercial loans. There were quite a bit of forms there. I didn't include them all here. But you do will note that the appraisal is more complex, uh, on the commercial loans, and it does emphasize more the income approach over cost or, and sales comp. So in commercial, it would probably be more the first one they would look at is the income. The second they're going to look at is the reproduction of the site and the land and everything. And the third they're going to look at is the sales comp approach. Totally different from uh, residential that the first one they look at is a sales comp approach. Real important to note that there is a site evaluation that needs to be done always, depending on the type of business that is on there, to see if there's any potential contamination. Looking at phase one, and if the phase one comes in showing any 
risk of contamination than they do a phase two. They do have, they can be pretty expensive. You know, easily you could spend 3,500 to 4,500 for each report. And there may also report may also bring up a needed remediation, which is basically correcting what has been contaminated. And then you're not going to be able to close until that gets done. So that, that, that could be an issue, you know, depending on the type of site that is being refinanced. If it's industrial, light industrial, manufacturing, anything like that, yeah. And on the phase one, it says who, which were the prior businesses types that were on that lot as well. So they could say, hey, the phase one says that previously here there was a gas station. So we got to do some more testing to make sure that there's no contamination here. So keep that in mind. Collateral can also include equipment and inventory. That's going to be definitely in some of these commercial loans where they're giving them working capital, stuff like that. So, you know, they they do get a lot of – there's a lot of tweaking that goes on also some of these SBA loans. Income is going to be documented, you know, through business financials, leases, as well as review of personal finances. Now, depending on where the loan is being sent – What's the conduit being used for the loan? There are low doc and no doc options for the owner's portion of the review, right? So for the borrower's personal finances portion, there are, you know, and then also for the property on how they're going to calculate the debt service coverage ratio. So keep that in mind. All of those are going to be specific to whatever conduit you're using, they all set their own guidelines because it may be a portfolio loan or they may sell it to a select group of uh, that they have for secondary. So talking about a little bit about interest rates, we keep going back to risks, you know. Well, the interest rates are really going to vary with the business type and current market conditions. I mean, commercial loans especially are really going to look at a lot of those factors. Uh, The same way, all the same stuff that everybody's looking at with all those different reports that the Fed looks at, you know, all that's going to be looked at as well. They may throw in there that the loans are going to be adjustable if they decide that there may be too much risk for them to, to stomach they may say, no, we, we can't make this a fixed rate loan. This is going to have to be an adjustable rate. And they'll tell you, you know, it's going to have to be a six month or one year, whatever is the option that may be offered based on the risk assessment for the file. And it could be a five or a 10 year term. And I'm not talking about five or 10 year term on the arm. I mean, five or 10 year term on the loan. And we previously discussed that the 30 year amortization is a rarity, but it's possible, but you're going to have really high rates when you go full 30 year compared to a five or 10 year term. Now, we always hear the term, you know, like non-recourse thrown around and people worrying about if the loan's going to appear on their personal credit. Now, the true commercial loans, uh, usually if it's a good, large, enough loan amount, it could be then a non-recourse loan where it's not personally guaranteed by the borrower, and it's definitely not going to appear on their personal credit report. But you don't really want to be making any representations on what's going to appear on a personal credit report or not. 
right? You can just talk about if there's a personal guarantee or not for that loan, which would be non-recourse loans. So keep in mind, they usually have to be a good large loan amount to be offered as a non-recourse loan. You're not going to have a $300,000 non-recourse loan. I would say it has to be easily over a million dollars to even be an option to be a non-recourse loan. And covering, I would say last but not least, I mean, this is not a presentation about SBA because SBA on its own, you know, we could go on for a few slides. But I will say that SBA, Small Business Administration Loans, are, you know, a very vibrant section of the commercial property loan market. I mean, there are a multitude of loans that you can do through the SBA for your borrowers. I mean, the only main criteria is that at least 50.01% of the space needs to be occupied by the borrower's business, and the other percent could be rented out to however it's going to be rented out, depending on the distribution of the space. I will note, real important, the borrower needs to be a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident alien. This is not a loan for non-permanent resident aliens nor foreign nationals because this is a federal government-based loan with federal government-based benefits. That's why they're able to structure the loans that they do under these small business administrations. Now, what are some of these cool programs are doing? Well, I mean, you can do LTV as high as 100% for a purchase where the business can document at least a two-year rental history. So that's that's great. So they're renting a commercial warehouse right now and doing like a little office and warehouse space right now and they've been renting it for two years now they want to buy something maybe it doesn't have to be the same space that they're renting but they want to buy a warehouse with a little office for their business right and they can show two years rental payment history of for the business which is going to mean also at least two years existence then you could qualify for up to 100 percent to value so that's pretty amazing for sba i mean you know rates are you know going to be probably high nines to high 11s, depending on the risk assessment. Again, because like everything else, there's a risk assessment that goes into the loan. But 100% LTV commercial property purchase. Think about that one. You can do business expansion, you know, the business on somebody that is renting, not owning. They actually do that. You own, you have your business. You want to expand the business. You want to get another space that you lease out. And you want to build it out, so forth and so on. They have loans for that as well. Obviously, they're going to be shorter term loans and different. LT, you know, there's no LTV there, but they do have those types of loans through the SBA, and they also can assist with on your purchase. Also, we're talking about inventory and equipment and stuff. They can, you know, the injection of capital so that you can renovate a little bit of the space to build it out a little bit, depending on if you want to change a little bit of some, some of the use as most people do when they buy a commercial space for their business. Seldom is it going to be exactly how you need it. So you can build all that in, but what you need is a good business plan. 
that's the key. Good, good uh, accounting records, right? For the past two years, if you're doing this two year, hundred percent deal, plus a really solid business plan so that your deal is going to have the best chance of getting that hundred percent and anything else. So a lot of good ways to increase your lending footprint. We've covered in not only with all the great programs over 5,000 products that we have at the mortgage calculator, but with the, uh, you know, just increasing your commercial production, embracing it more. Those of you that have thought about it, I really think this is the moment. Like they say, if not now, when? All right. I do see one question here. Um, Nicole's asking if a property falls within five to eight and two to eight, for example, six units, which is the best option to use? Well, if you notice that I have on that, the two to eight unit is for a mixed use property only. And the five to eight unit is for a a small multifamily residential that only has residential residential units the two to eight unit can go you know you know 50 percent you know 50.01 i guess you want to get technical percent residential and 49.99 percent commercial but i think they actually break it up there into number of units so i think you can be you you really have to look at the guideline and the matrix because it really depends on the number of units that you have you know, if you have a certain number of units, it can change. So, but keep in note that one does have to be at least 50.01% residential. Uh, and the other part is commercial. So two different property types there. So the best option is if it has commercial, you go with the mixed use. If it doesn't have commercial, you go with the five day unit if it's only residential. units. It's going to be a better rate by a, by a couple of points in cost because the mixed use one inherent in its nature is higher risk due to the commercial component like what we were talking about tonight right commercial has a higher risk associated with it so like it has the higher cost associated with it so same rate it's going to cost you about two points higher on the mixed use option all right. I don't see any other questions there. Like Jose said, definitely if you're not, you know, teaching yourself and, and using these programs to your advantage, you could be you know, leaving money on the table for sure. So we want to make sure we use it as another tool in our, our tool belt. And as Jose said in the beginning, it could also, it you know, it's something you could be doing with the people you're already working with as well, right? Not just new clients, but you're already working with a lot of investors if you're a loan officer here at the Mortgage Calculator. So it's it's great to know because the same people you're working with on residential will start asking you about commercial too, or you can start asking them about commercial as well, right? So with that being said, I think we can wrap it up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Loan officers, join the Mortgage Calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.